you, Lord God. We thank you for your presence in this place tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we uh, draw close to you, Lord God. We know that when we do that, you draw close to us, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that we know your voice, and the voice of another will not follow after. And Lord God, we thank you, Father, for your sweet Holy Spirit, that you would just have your way in this place tonight. Have your way in our hearts, Lord God. Have your way in our lives in every way, Lord God. Our heart's cry is to be close to you, Lord God. Our heart's cry is to be close to you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God, that we just press into you, Lord God. We just worship you, Lord. that's coming to me tonight is just weary and um, if you are just weary maybe in your body or maybe you're weary in standing in one particular area in your life you're just kind of weary and kind of tired um, the Lord wants to just refresh you tonight right where you are at and uh, he just asked me to pray over you and to, for you to just to open your heart to receive this prayer okay Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for a refreshing in our spirit, a refreshing in our soul, Lord God. We just thank you, Father, that you just pour out your uh, just uh, anointing oil, Lord God, to refresh us, the oil of gladness, to refresh us, Lord God, and to uh, just, Lord God, that we would be uh, quickened, Lord, in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirit, in our soul, that we would be just quickened, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit.
and refreshed and restored tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we'll come to you and we'll drink of you and your word, Lord God. And uh, Lord God, we'll get refreshed because of, of our time with you, Lord God, that we've drawn close to you. And we know that you are a refreshing living power. You're a refreshing living God. And so, Father God, we receive a refreshing tonight, Lord God, that staleness, the stagnant, uh, this, the thing that is just trying to weigh us down. Lord God, we just cast that care over onto you. And we just thank you, Father God, that you care for us and that you refresh our very souls, Lord God, and restore to us the joy of our salvation, Lord God. And we just thank you, Father God, that tonight we'll walk out of here with a spring in our step, being renewed and revived, Lord God. And, uh, Lord God, that you just uh, refresh us and help us, Lord God. And, and, Father God, if there's any place in our lives that needs to be um, rearranged and changed, Lord God, and readdressed, Lord God, in order to, for us to get the proper amount of rest that we need or uh, the proper amount of, um, of you that we need because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we just thank you, Father God, that if there's any anything that needs to happen that we could need to change our, our routine, change our schedule, that's from this thing that keeps dragging us down, Lord God. This thing that just keeps uh, us from being completely full of your presence, full of your anointing, full of your power, Lord God. Whatever it is, Lord God, that we've chosen or that's come at us, uh, we just ask you, Lord, to help us to get that corrected and to, to banish things that are not, are not of our own doing, Lord God, but to also correct things that are, are of our own doing. And Lord God, also that we would not get weary in our well-doing, but that we'll be able to reap what we've sown, Lord God, and to bring it in. I just got a picture of a, a field, a harvest, and a field just full and ripe and ready to be reaped. And the laborers just passed out on the side, just so tired and so weary that they can't even bring in the harvest. And God is saying, that, that shouldn't be so. I have all that you need. I have the strength. I have the stamina. I have the joy. I have the will. I have everything that you need in order for you to get up, refreshed, and go out and gather in the harvest. It's ready for, for you to gather it in. And I've given you everything you need in order to be successful. Everything that you need in order for you to be victorious. Choose to live. Choose to live for me. Choose to walk after, after my plan and my purpose. That is where the refreshing is. There's joy in my presence. I will strengthen you. I will lift you up. I will encourage you and make you fit. Just turn to me and be restored, be refreshed, be revived. I am all that you need. Thank you, Lord God. We receive that from you, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that we will get up and go towards you, Lord God, because you have the living water that refreshes our very soul, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for that. And we give you praise, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for a word tonight that will touch our very inner being, Lord God, and change us to be more like you, Lord.
We love you. We honor you. We praise you for who you are. We're so grateful that you're so real and so personal with us, Lord. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Nope, you can't be seated. I need you to stand one more time. Uh, if you're not standing next to anybody, go run and get to the next somebody real quick. Amen. I want you to repeat after me. Yeah, you can get more than two. All right, I want you to say, neighbor, I love you. I just want you to know I am one of God's favorites. If you knew how much God loved me, you take me to lunch. When are we going? Amen. You can be seated. Now, if you get a free meal out of that, praise God. All right. Um, tonight, we are going to talk about fanning your flame. Back in the uh, old school church days, I'm not familiar with other cultures. I can only speak on my own. But uh, when you went to the good missionary Baptist church, you would have a fan. Every uh, seat had fans behind them. And they had a picture of Jesus on it. He had an afro and a white beard. I'm not sure why. Cause it, and it had the funeral home because the funeral home always was the one that sponsored the fan. And when the church got hot, because back when I was a kid, we didn't have air conditioning. So when the church got hot, you'd be sitting there fanning the sweat. Or when mother would get the spirit and she'd start dancing over here in the corner, all the ushers would get around her in a circle and fan her. Uh, don't know why I told you that, but I guess we'll see it in a minute. Uh, so fan your flames. Are you protecting your gifts? Are you protecting your gifts? That'll make sense to you in just a moment. Our first scripture is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is the New Living Translation. We're going to start with verse 5. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know, common names back in biblical days, ain't it? No Yununababa or anything like that. Lois and your mother, I mean, Lois and your mother, Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. Verse 6 says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Father God, have your way tonight. Uh, let me decrease and let your, your word shine and speak into the lives of the people. We thank you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer rocks, I tell you. All right. So we are presented daily with opportunities to either stand with the world or to stand with God. And we know, particularly in uh, the way the culture is going now, uh, particularly social media, uh, those challenges are really, really tough. Uh, you know, you get on social media because you just want to uh, connect. And then the next thing you know, you're building a life around it. Uh, so we need to stir up the fire that God has placed inside of us. Romans 10 and 7 tells us that faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. It's very important by hearing the word of God. The more the word consumes you, the more fuel your faith has and the stronger fire uh, for your gifts. You know, again, going with the social media, we, we post because we want to have likes. 
And the more likes we have, the more valid we think whatever it is that our thought process was. Or the more valid we think our picture was because somebody said they liked our picture. Or the more valid is because uh, it's our birthday and we have 200 likes. That means we are loved. No, that just means other people don't have anything better to do than you did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. P people do love you. Yes, absolutely. People that you've never met before and probably never will. Exactly, yes. Um, when you pray and speak the word, you fan the flames and make them hotter. But you have to feed your faith more than once or twice a week. Amen. It's great that you're here on Wednesday. We know that Wednesday are the serious folks. Some of the folks that really, because you just came from work, uh, kids just got out of school. That, that was really some tough work. And praise God for the people that come on Sunday because that's just what you do on Sundays. You get up and go to church. But you got to be in the Word more than that. You got to spend time in your Word. It, whether you get up in the morning and do it, whether you do it before you go to bed, however you do it, we, we know there are apps that, that will actually read to you. And there are translations that are uh, very modern English, so you don't have to deal with like we did in the kids, as kids with the dusts, the these, and the thous that we had a hard time following, and Zerubbabel, and, blah, blah, and we, we struggle with those. You can have those read to you. So there's no excuse for not uh, pouring yourself into the word. Feed your faith so that you can use your gifts to speak peace, love, and power in the midst of any situation. Wherever God has you planted on your job, he has you there for a reason. And it's not just so you can get a paycheck every week or every two weeks or every month. That's great. That's wonderful. God bless you for your paycheck. But you're there for far more than that. That's a ministry. That's an opportunity to let Jesus shine in the, into the lives of people that would never step foot in a church. They're watching you, particularly if they know you're a Christian. If they know, if, if somebody then told somebody then told somebody that you actually may go to church once a month, if they know that they're watching you to see what you're going to do, they're watching you to see how you speak. Do you cuss like everybody else cuss? Do you gossip like everybody else gossip? Uh, do you encourage like nobody else does? Unless we're encouraging you to do sin. Now, we can encourage you to do sin. The, the world is full of people that will encourage you to go out and get drunk. The world is, uh, is full of people that will encourage you to be promiscuous. The world is full of people that would encourage you to cheat your job. Oh, go and take that pen and pencil. It's not a big deal. You don't have no paper for your print at home? Girl, you better grab a pack, pack of that paper and take it home with you. Plenty of people that encourage you to do that. But are you the one that's encouraging them with the love of the Lord? Are you the one that's encouraging them uh, when they come dogging out their husband? Or, uh, I work with women, so most of the time I'm hearing husbands being dogged out. But I'm sure that there are wives being dogged out in other situations. Are you one that's joining in? Or are you one that's not necessarily defending the, the spouse, but are you trying to point them in a different direction? Uh, well, you know... Sally, maybe you just pray and ask God to give you peace and give you strength and pray for, for a bill that uh, he'll turn from those ways. But, Sally, you know, if, if you're sitting here telling me what's going on with Bill, how many other people are you telling? How many people are in your business? And have you ever told Bill? Are, are you ministering 
to the people around you. When people come in and call their kids heathens, are you telling them, please don't speak that spirit over your child? Your child is uh, more than a conqueror. Your child is brilliant. I don't care what the report card says. Your child is brilliant and keep speaking that over them. Uh, next scripture is John chapter 10, verse 10. This is in the message translation. Uh, a thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. How many of you want more and better life? Amen. 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 Our enemy is always looking for ways to steal or stomp out your fire. He wants to keep us beaten down and will use anything he can, particularly those close to us. Family, reminding you who you used to be. Or maybe pointing out your weaknesses where you are now. If you're single, there's nothing worse than having a family member asking you when you're 21, why ain't you married yet? And heaven forbid, I got married... I'm a double marrier, so the first time I got married was at 30. And I can remember in my late 20s having my aunt going, boy, when is you going to get married? I need some kids. And it's like, well, they're not going to be around you anyway, so why are you even? But they'll, they'll mess with you about the thing. Oh, girl, I remember when you used to run around with everybody. Well, no, no, I'm not that person anymore. I've been delivered. Now, those are your family members and your, your friends you ran with. Got another group of people. Negative people, particularly Christians, will always be around to contradict what the scriptures say. Well, I know that's what the Bible say, but my life experience says, well, you've been in the church since, you know, you were a kid, so I guess you know what you're talking about. No, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, They'll tell you what won't work. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was on social media, and uh, I think it was Bishop Jakes was talking about one of the uh, murders where the officer uh, killed somebody in their home. And Bishop Jakes had, had put this beautiful post out talking about prayer, prayer for the family of the, of the person that lost their life, but also prayer for the officer and prayer for the police officers that are on the uh, streets that uh, are living in dangerous times. I mean, dangerous time for everybody. And it was a beautiful prayer. And this guy that I'm going to assume by his tone was a Christian was saying, well, I'm tired of praying. We need to do something else. What else can you do but start with prayer? Hey, you can march, you can file petitions, you can do all that other stuff, but if you ain't got prayer in the middle of it, it's not going to do anything. We've got to seek the face of God. God bless Dr. King. Dr. King did some wonderful things, but that was 1965. We are in 2019. Shouldn't we be seeking God's face for what he would have us do now? And then... When he does show us what we should do now, we shouldn't judge other people because they ain't doing what we think they should be doing. I mean, maybe God said, you know what, Pastor Rita, I, I just I need you to pray. I just need you to seek 
my face and stay on your knees and pray. I don't need you to march. I don't need you to pick it. I don't need you to do anything but pray. Let God be God. I heard this today. I was watching a sermon. Let God be God. You don't try to take his job. Family members and old friends are reminding you who you were pre-Jesus. But don't let the stem or the circumstances you're facing discourage you to the point that life pours water on your fire. 1 Samuel 30 and 6 says David encouraged himself. I love the fact that he encouraged himself. Now, he got so happy one time, he danced himself naked. <laughs> I am begging no one in this room to come in here and dance yourself naked. Please don't do that. But just think about the freedom that he must have felt in his worship of God that he could care less what anybody else thought. Wouldn't it be great if we had that same type of fire? Again, please don't, don't come dancing naked. But have that type of passion that I love God so much that I'm just going to worship and praise him freely regardless of what other people think. You know, too often we're like, I love Jesus. We're afraid to go, Jesus, in a crowd of people because you don't know if you're going to offend that person because they believe another faith or they, this person because they don't go, no, I'm going to say the name of Jesus and I don't care if you're offended because you don't care if I'm offended if you say Phil Florin, Phil Florin. <laughs> Make sure that you have an inner circle of friends and family are, and there are those that can pray you Pray with you and encourage your faith and pray you through. It's great to have your friends you've had since childhood. I'm not telling you to, to throw them away. That's not what I'm saying. But make sure you have some people that you know that you can go to that can pray you through any situation. Make sure, I'm not picking on singles, but I feel strongly that I need to say this. Make sure you got some people that you can pick up the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, Sir, ma'am, I am struggling. I am feeling, uh, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling like I want to do something I know I shouldn't do. Can you pray with me? Because if somebody don't pray with me, I'm going to go do it. I mean, that's just reality. My flesh is getting in the way, and I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to make a bad decision. Can you pray me through that and not have them hang up the phone on you? You need to have good solid people around you that you can turn to. Uh, and then if you feel like you're alone, again, you can always go back to the Word of God and speak the Word of God over yourself. I am more than a conqueror, Romans 8 and 37. If you continue to speak the Word over you, you'll be amazed at the thoughts that will go away from you because you're speaking the Word. Negative thoughts and the Word can't stay together in the same mind. Deuteronomy 28 and 13 says, I am the hell, head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 18. Uh, this is the New uh, Living Translation. Um, it says, the mouth of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's hearts. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. 
a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Now, we've been told that if you sit around and do nothing, you're not harming anybody. Well, the word of God just told you differently. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The words we speak can put out our flame. How? Like when we are at work or around our non-Christian friends and we don't want to offend anybody. So we curse and say crude, rude things because we just want to fit in. Uh, the words we allow to take root in us, like gossip and rumors, can put out our flame. How? First Timothy 5 and 13 talks about spending time gossiping from house to house, meddling into other people's business, and talking about things they shouldn't. As I said in verse 9, laziness can destroy us. How? It causes us to be idle. Oh, I'm too tired to go to church tonight. I'll just sit here and watch TV. Now, the lie will tell ourselves if we're honest. I know Joel Osteen's on, so I'm just going to watch Joel, and I'll get my church in. But then you, you turn on Joel, and the next thing you know, uh, you're watching Chicago PD, DD, ED, or you're watching something else because it's entertaining. And the next thing you know, somebody's in bed, or the next thing you know, you're hearing language you shouldn't hear. And instead of filling yourself with the word of God and filling yourself here amongst the church people, you're filling yourself with sin. And you're allowing that to overtake you. Um, it also causes you to procrastinate. Oh, it's been a long week. I'm going to have to miss this outreach. Surely somebody else will pick up the slack. I'll be there for the next one. It's okay. Remember, we're supposed to protect our fire. We can't protect our fire by procrastinating, by putting things off that we know we're supposed to do. How do I know I'm supposed to do it? It's really simple. If you don't want to do it, you probably should be doing it, if it's something for God. Because have you ever noticed that the things of God are really hard to do sometimes? Again, coming to church on a Wednesday night after you've had a hard day at work, because doesn't it seem like the person at work that gets on your last nerve always gets you around 4.30 on Wednesday and just, just wipes you out? Or you go home and your spouse, who is loving and kind, says the wrong thing at the wrong time, and the next thing you know, you have lost your temper. Well, I can't go to church because I've got a bad temper today. So I'm just going gonna, 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 to, you know what? I'm just going to stay home because I don't want to take my spirit to church. I'm sick but I'm not going to go to the hospital where I can get well. I'm going to stay home and wallow in my negativity. Don't miss out because we counted on somebody else to do something we were supposed to do. Well, you know, I know I'm supposed to be in the praise team tonight, but I'm just not feeling it tonight. It's five of them. One of us can miss. So Miss Yolanda, not Miss Yolanda says, you know what? I'm gonna miss tonight. Miss Margarita says, I'm gonna miss tonight. Miss Steph says, I'm gonna miss tonight. Pastor Rita says, you know what? I'm tired. I'm gonna miss tonight. 
Milton says, you know what? I'm not feeling well. I'm going to miss tonight. And then we all walk in here and there's nobody up there. Because everybody said, a J- well, maybe Jaira can play the bass and sing. <laughs> and uh, I'll throw Justice up there from the back. But because we, we figured everybody else will be there. Isn't it interesting that we can be weak, but we don't figure anybody else will be? You know, well, Pastor Rita's never going to miss a service. She'll be there. Margarita's always there. Yolanda's always there. Steph's always there. Hey, we can get Elijah. We'll put him up there, too. He'll be fine. We'll get Pastor Tori. We'll let Pastor Tori sing, because Pastor Tori will sing. We want everybody else to do what we're supposed to. It doesn't matter if we don't have a greeter. It's okay. It's fine. Nobody working in the youth. No, no big deal. No, we don't want to miss out. Not because we're putting, every, just because we're putting it on everybody else, which we shouldn't. But we're missing out on our blessing as well. Let's go to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. Uh, this is in the message translation, starting with verse 3. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomachs for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. Remember back in the day when we had a teaching on the prayer of Jabez and everybody was going by in that little five-page book and they had a revelation from God on the prayer of Jabez. Never mind, there's about a thousand other pages in the Bible, but they got the revelation of the prayer of Jabez and hallelujah, it was catchy. Um, Verse four, they turn their backs on truth and chase after the mirages. Enlarge my territory. Never mind that I ain't doing nothing to help enlarge it, (laughs) but enlarge my territory. But you keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. You take over. I'm about to die. My life an offering on God's altar. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. What a testimony. I, the, this is the only way it's worth running. I've run hard right to the finish. That doesn't mean he didn't have doubts. That doesn't mean that sometimes he didn't get attacked. But he was able to press his way through all to the finish, and he never let go of his faith in God. Verse 8, all that's left now is the shouting. God's applause. Depend on it. He's an honest judge. He will do right not only by me, but by everyone eager for his coming. God's not a respecter of person. You love him. He loves you regardless. What number, you can hate him and he still loves you. But he loves his people that love him back. Just like we love the fact that no matter what our children do, that our children love us and we love them unconditionally. God feels the same way about us. If, you've had, if you have kids, you know that there are times when your kids don't do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Not our kids. Uh, 
they don't do what they're supposed to do and you get mad and you start yelling at them. You may say things you shouldn't say and you may shake things you shouldn't shake at them. You may beat them. That was well, back in the day, they don't allow that anymore. They call CPS now. But, and then they do that one thing. Say they've been bad for six weeks and then they bring a report card home and it's got an A, one A. And you on the phone, girl, my boy done made an A, hallelujah. Look, Pastor, look at the, don't look at the F's down there. Just look at the A right there, that, that A, that A. We live in a time now where there is little restraint. Our culture's attention has been captured by whatever teaching or saying that feels good to our flesh and makes sense to our mind. The teachings that have no consequence. Well, it don't really take all that. You, you don't have to really go to church. My church is wherever I am. I am the temple of God. Yeah, but it says don't forsake the assembly of the brethren. That Old Testament and New Testament, Doc, because I'm not sure, but I, I feel like I can do what I, I wanted. And, you know, God knows my heart. He he, he knows that, that when I mess up, he, he, he knows my heart. That is absolutely true. He does. That's still not an excuse to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, even in the church, we get, uh, our ears get tickled by cute sayings and cute songs. Uh, we hide behind our sin, as I said, by saying God knows our heart. But we are called by God to be used by him to make a difference in this world. Psalm 37 and 9 tells us that our steps are led by God. We need to make a stand. I'm not saying to go to your job tomorrow, stand up on your desk, and tell all of your non-believing friends, you're going to hell. That doesn't help anything. Because number one, you're not a judge. What I am telling you to do is when they come to start gossiping into you, you no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just really don't want to hear that. I, I don't mean no. I, I don't want to mean no harm. I just I, I can't listen to stuff like that. Uh, um, oh, girl, you know my husband. No, I, I don't. I really don't want to know about you, you and your husband. Okay. <laughs> just don't, don't want to know. Oh, my kids was no, no. I, 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 if we're gonna talk about this from the premise of the Lord, we can have this conversation. No, I'm not going to go to happy hour and get drunk with you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do Beside the fact that I don't want to wake up with a hangover tomorrow, I'm not going to do it because I know that it sells myself short. As I said earlier, I'm a temple of the Most High. So I'm not going to defile my temple by putting things in there that are not any good. Well, Pastor Donnie, you drink Mountain Dew. Yes, and pray for me. I need deliverance from my Mountain Dew. And that's no, I'm, I'm using alcohol as an example, but that's no different than putting stuff in you that you, you know you have no business putting in you. A bunch of sweets, uh, you know, not eating uh, fruits and vegetables and not eating things that are going to nourish your body. And in the same way, not nourishing your spirit with the Word of God, not nourishing your spirit with good, solid teaching. 
some of us, if we ate food the way we partake of the word, we would have died 20 years ago. We would have starved ourselves to death. And that, that's, that's sad. We won't push away a buffet, but we, we sure ain't coming for the word. We need to stand up and proclaim that I will serve my God no matter what. We are praying and we are living warriors. Isaiah 6 and 8 says, he asks, who can he send? Our answer should be, Lord, send me. Well, you know, I've got these, I, I, you know, uh, Moses, I stuttered. That's okay, I'll send somebody else to do your talking. Go. Well, you know, Lord, I don't know the word. You know Jesus wept. Be gone. Go. Say Jesus wept to him. It'll work. I promise you. Well, you know, Lord, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really living my right life the way I need to be. Um, it's okay. You get on out there. You let me clean your life up, and you still show them me. Because I love you exactly as you are but I also love you too much to leave you the way you are. But I can't do anything with you that you don't allow me to do. The Holy Spirit said, gentlemen, it, it can't clean up our closets if we keep the doors locked. You know, some of us have boxes packed with junk to the rafters of our closets, and we only allow Jesus in the living room. Back in the day, uh, growing up, my stepmom, when I would go to visit my dad, the living room had plastic on the couches. As kids, we were not allowed in the living room. The living room was only when company came over. And when company came over, the adults were allowed in there. And better believe my stepmother reminded the adults about spilling something on her plastic couch cover. That's the way we treat God. God, don't, don't spill no anointing on my couch. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to clean it up because I want to live the way I want to live. I don't want to let go of th certain things. Uh, I, I want to listen to this, and I want to say this, and I want to act on this. I don't want to let those things go. So, Lord, uh, I, I can't let you in my living room because that's where I keep my boys or my girls or, or, or the people that don't, not, don't show up in the, in the doors of the church. Lord, I, I, we can go in the bedroom, Lord, where I pray in the middle of the night, like, Lord, take this from me. Uh, but then I get up in the morning and I go back in the living room where I live. Last set of scriptures. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Uh, Don't you know, haven't you heard, the eternal God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, doesn't grow tired or become weary. His understanding is beyond reach. He gives strength to those who grow tired and increases the strength of those who are weak. So that takes away your excuse about being tired or about being weak. Hmm. Even young people grow tired and become weary 
Young men will stumble and fall. For an old man who stumbles and falls, that is one of my favorite verses right now, Elijah. I'm, I'm, I don't want you to fall, but if you do, it's okay. And in verse 31, that Pastor Rita stole from me earlier, uh, yet the strength of those who wait with hope in the Lord will be renewed. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and won't become weary. They will walk and grow tired. Again, we take, that takes away uh, your excuse about being weary or growing tired. Notice there he said they will soar on wings like eagles. You don't soar down here. You don't soar like my, my uh, uh, Hispanic brothers with the hoopties. They put the lowriders in them and they bounce. They bounce. That's not soaring. Soaring is you fly high. Eagles, I'm told, can fly thousands of feet in the air. And when a thunderstorm comes, instead of being down below where they could be struck by lightning, they have the ability to soar above the storm. How many of us would like to soar above some storms? There's some circumstances going on in our life that we're feeling the pain and we're feeling uh, the worry and and, uh, the uncomfortableness of them that if we just dug into the word a little bit more, maybe we soar over them. Maybe if, if you're married and you're struggling in your marriage, maybe if you got a little more word in you and you fanned your flames, you got that undertaker uh, fan and you flam- fanned it and fanned it and fanned it, and got the flame really strong, maybe you'd soar over those ruts that you're going through and your marriage would get stronger. Maybe if you're a single male and you, you're, you're, you're tired of the dating scene and you're tired of going to clubs and you're tired of just of, uh, of going to dating sites like 1-800-WHO-ARE-YOU and, and you, you, you really want to find a wife, maybe if you got in your word and maybe if you spent more time at the church than the club, maybe, just maybe... You'd soar above that loneliness, and then you'd come down and you'd find your wife. Or maybe if you're a single lady and, and you're tired of waiting, maybe if you invested that energy you have to try to find a mate, maybe if you invested that energy in the Lord, and maybe if you put all that energy in the Word, and maybe if you put that energy in serving Maybe you'd soar above that loneliness. Maybe you'd serve, soar above all that other stuff, and your mate would find you. Because, again, he who finds a wife, not she who finds a husband. Just maybe if we put our focus back on him, maybe it would bring our children through. Because they would have examples on how to live in the midst of storms, in the midst of uh, bad circumstances. Maybe if we delved into the word a little bit more, uh, we would be better. I heard this today, and I, I love this term, CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. Maybe we would learn to be encouragement to our friends. And our family members, instead of being the negative people that tear people down, we be the people that lift people up. 
so that even the people that won't come in our doorway would know they see Jesus every time you're coming. Every time they see you and you'd have a smile and you tell them something wonderful about them, about themselves. Oh, man, I love that shirt. Oh, that dress looks really good. Oh, I like the way you did your hair. I like the highlights that you put in your hair. Oh, you know what? I love the way you are so faithful in your job. I love the way you do that. I, you're a great mom. You're a great dad. Oh, I just want you to know that I really appreciate you. You are the best friend I could have. Maybe if we delved into those areas, our flames would be uh, hotter to get us through and soar over the circumstances that we uh, are, are facing. So I ask you, uh, are you protecting your gifts? If not, now's a good time to uh, reevaluate uh, where you are. Amen? Let's bow our heads.